0: All right, folks, I'm going to read an article today from Renegade, Inc. Um, it's titled, He Died for Our Debts, Not Our Sins, by Claire Connolly, 22nd December 2017. Okay. As we turn towards our faith, our faiths this Christmas and Hanukkah, in an attempt to make sense of the year that was. Economist Professor Michael Hudson says, we have been interpreting the Bible incorrectly. And he has written an entire book about it. Rather than sex and sin, both Christianity and Judaism is preoccupied with debt. As it turns out, Jesus was a socialist activist who paid the ultimate price fighting for the reinstatement statement of regular debt jubilees. In fact, the rulers of classical antiquity who cancel their subjects' debts were overthrown with disturbing frequency and tended not to live that long. As many people turn towards their Christian and Jewish faiths this Christmas and Hanukkah in an attempt to make sense of the year that was, at least one economist says we have been reading the Bible in an anachronistic way. In fact, he has written an entire book on the topic in And Forgive Them Their Debts, Credit, and Redemption, Professor Michael Hudson makes the argument that far from being about sex, the Bible is actually about economics and debt in particular. Go figure. The Christianity we know today is not the Christianity of Jesus, says Professor Hudson. Indeed, the Judaism that we know today is not the Judaism of Jesus either. What? The Economist told Renegade Inc. the Lord's Prayer, Forgive us our sins even as we forgive all who are indebted to us. Refers specifically to debt. Most religious leaders say that Christianity is all about sin, not debt, he says. But actually, the word for sin and debt is the same in almost every language. Let me read that again. Most religious leaders say that Christianity is all about sin, not debt, he says. But actually, the word for sin and debt is the same in almost every language. And if all of and if all us dumbfuck monkeys came from the same stock, guess what? Schuld in German means debt as well as offense or sin. It's Devoir in French. It had the same duality and meaning in the Babylonian language of Akkadian. Professor Michael Hudson has achieved near complete consensus with the Assyriologists and Biblical scholars that the Bible is preoccupied with debt, not sin. Sin is basically these uh, pedo-popes all... Up in people's sexual businesses that's what uh, these so-called leaders of, of these so-called religious leaders have done yeah cuz they always think about sex man the idea harks back to the concept of were which existed in parts of Europe and Babylonia and set the value of Of a human, sorry, of a human life based on their rank paid as compensation to the family of someone who has been injured or killed. The payment, the shuld or obligation, expiates you of the injury caused by the offense, Dr. Hudson said. So the debt is basically a payment system if you fucked up or something happened where you know you have to repay someone so the sin becomes the debt payment system so that you don't have to be killed for that or somebody else has to pay a price for it so that's basically what okay the ten commandments were about debt People tend to think of the commandment, do not covet thy neighbor's wife in purely sexual terms. But actually, The Economist says it refers specifically <sighs> excuse me, to creditors who would force the wives and daughters of debtors into sex slavery as collateral for unpaid debt. Yeah, man. Mr. Ben Shapiro your uh the western world is founded on judeo judeo christian principles here you go here you go the 10 commandments okay people tend to think of the commandment do not covet thy neighbor's wife or thy neighbor's ass in purely sexual terms but actually the economist says it refers specifically to creditors who would force the wives and daughters of debtors into sex slavery As collateral for unpaid debt, you Pharisees, you Sadducees, you brood of vipers, you brood of vipers. You were ready to stone up, stone your fucking wives that you got tired of, right? Just and then you would say, "Oh, she committed adultery." Then you stone them. Why? Because so that you could go fuck the young, new, chick or wife. Probably some other Pharisee's wife you wanted to fuck. Because it's, it's it's a cesspool of fucking heathens. Of so-called vipers. Okay, the Ten Commandments are largely about how to deal with debt in Near Eastern ancient economies. This goes all the way back to Sumer in the third millennium, he said. Similarly, the commandment, thou shalt not steal, refers to usury and exploitation By threat for debt's owing. Sounds like the White House, doesn't it? (laughs) What a world we live in. The Economist says Jesus was crucified for his views on debt. Crucifixion being a punishment reserved especially for political dissidents. This is why I say. This Jesus character could have also been based off of a shaman. To understand the crucifixion of Jesus is to understand it was his punishment for his economic views, says Professor Hudson. He was a threat to the creditors. Yeah. I mean, it's even in your own Bible that you shouldn't charge interest. Jesus Christ was a socialist activist for the continuity of regular debt jubilees that were considered essential to the well-being of ancient economies. I mean, I'm fucking quoting your own book, man. Your own book says not to charge interest. What? What are you going to what, what argument do you have for that? It says it in your own book, right? You guys are going to swear on the book but you're not going to se- do what it says. Okay. Then stop swearing on it. Stop acting like you guys are the religious leaders. This is a movie, There Will Be Blood. This is, this is the part when Mr. Daniel Day-Lewis looks at the pastor and goes, I drink all your milkshake. <laughs> tax-free, bitches. Tax-free money for God. Okay, a clean slate referred not to forgiveness of sins, but of debt. Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Acts three nineteen, Leviticus three sixteen. All the fat is the Lord's. Remember the movie The Road to El Dorado, the The Road to El Dorado, the animated movie. I think I think by Disney, right? But remember the part when they were about to sacrifice motherfuckers to the volcano. <laughs> May your sins be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. New fertile soil. (laughs) Governments can forgive debt, the Bible says so. Wait, what? The Bible said governments can forgive debt? Okay, let me see. Wait, what? This can't be true, can it? (laughs) Why would you take the Bible (laughs) there, (laughs) kitty? In Sumer and Babylonia, whenever a new ruler would come to power, the first thing they would do was proclaim a clean slate, forgiving the population's personal debt in what was known as a debt jubilee. Remember the queen just had that jubilee before she popped off? Okay. The alternative would have been for those who couldn't pay to fall into bondage to their creditors. The alternative would be would have been for those who couldn't pay to fall into bondage to their creditors. Let me read that again. So if they didn't have this debt jubilee where they wiped everybody's slates clean, right? What would happen? The alternative would have been for those who couldn't pay to fall into bondage. Go look up... (laughs) Go look... (laughs) Go look what the word bondage means. To their collect to their creditors, okay? Governments would have lost the ability governments would have lost the availability of such debtors to fight in its armies. <laughs> okay. But Classical Antiquities rulers who canceled their subjects' debts tended to be overthrown with disturbing frequency from the Greek tyrants of the 7th century BC who overthrew the aristocrats of Sparta and Corinth to Sparta's king Aegis and Cleomenes. Cleomenes? Cleomenes. In the 3rd century B.C. who sought to cancel Spartan debts to Roman politicians advocating debt relief and land redistribution, Julius Caesar among them. I mean, my God, man, we are going through this shit right now in, in Europe. You'll, everybody's gonna see, man. You'll see with your own eyes. History repeat itself. Because these stories are written down by authors who want certain outcomes okay jesus's first reported sermon in luke 4 documents his announcement that he had come to revive the enforcement of the jubilee year the term gospel or good news was used excuse me was used specifically to refer to debt cancellation which became the major political fight of the Imperial Roman Epoch, pinning Jesus against the pro-creditor Pharisees, a political party and social movement that became the foundation for rabbinic Judaism around 167 B.C. Jesus died for our debt. Professor Hudson says, Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price Price for his activism, so maybe a shaman on a horse <laughs> was the character that they based Jesus off of because s u s in Hebrew means horse they literally have nursery rhymes where they go ze something right the horse something but it literally they say zeus okay The Pharisees, Hillel, the founder of rabbinical Judaism, and the creditors who backed them, decided that Jesus' growing popularity was a threat to their authority and wealth. What? What? You mean these Pharisees didn't like Jesus because he was a threat to their authority and wealth? Does that sound like Jesus who would say turn the other cheek? (sighs) I don't know what cheek he's talking about. They said we've got to get rid of this guy and rewrite Judaism and make it about sex instead of a class war. Which is really what the whole Old Testament is about, Professor Hudson said. Like I said... If there's one man I still do respect who, who calls himself white and I say he still has his balls intact <laughs> is Mr. Professor Hudson. Okay? <laughs> Let me repeat this again. <laughs> you can't. This shit is just gets better and better. Okay. They said, we've got to get rid of this guy called Jesus. And rewrite Judaism, and make it about sex instead of a class war, which is really what the whole Old Testament is about. Professor Hudson said, "Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, Al Pacino from uh, From Scarface, could you please, could you please go and hand Mr. Professor Michael Hudson an award?" For still having his balls intact. <laughs> this is this is what I'm saying. The difference between... Look, Professor Hudson is very old too. Right? He's, he's around the same age as uh, Joe Biden, I think. But this is the difference. Between a man who still has his balls intact. Right? 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 Right, Mr. Scarface? Like you said, all a man has in this world is his word and his balls. So, P- Professor Michael Hudson... His word is good because he still has his balls intact, right? Versus Mr. President Biden, who supposedly is the most powerful man on this planet, of the most powerful country on this planet, right? Apparently this man is supposed to be the, <laughs> the, the leader of the free democratic world. I'm just saying for, I'm just saying bro like actions speak louder than words a picture is worth a thousand words right like everybody sees through the bullshit man everybody everybody even your own wife Mr. Biden has had it with you I'm saying we need we need men with their balls intact Otherwise, <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of debt paying. There's gonna be a lot of debt going around. Okay, that was where Christianity got perverted. Yeah, I agree. This is probably this is why I keep saying it was probably like a very nomadic, universal. I mean, if you if you look into Tangrism, there you go. You'll see the whole. Background picture of the old testament. Okay. Okay. Um, that's what they took. If you study Tangerism, you'll see it makes way more sense, okay? Versus what they are selling now. The perverted Christianity. If you look if you study Nestorian Christianity, it it makes way more sense. It makes way more sense. Okay. That was where Christianity got perverted, right? When that message ended up in the mediterranean side of the world right on this side of the silk road in, in rome where you had the pervert pedo popes right they 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 say the vatican is exists because of the verse jesus said when when jesus said on this rock i shall build my church and apparently they were talking about peter and apparently their church, the first pope, was Peter, apparently. We have old pedos telling us Sunday school stories, right? And that is <laughs> what we all believe. Over a billion Catholics, Christians, there's, they combine all of them, on this planet, believe that That was where Christianity got perverted. Christianity turned so anti-Jesus, it was the equivalent of the American Tea Party applauding wealth and even greed and Rand style. (laughs) Oh my goodness, man. The economist says that Christianity was reshaped by St. Paul. Check this out. St. Paul, the Apostle Paul... Was most likely gay. Just a little note. That they leave out. Hence. Every motherfucking thing. He talks about. Is complete horseshit, Because his whole character. Was apparently gay. Guess why I say that. Because he is the one who talks. He was the one. Remember he was the one first going around. Killing Christians right. I mean, talk about, like... My goodness, man. The economist says that Christianity was reshaped by St. Paul, followed by the African school of Cyril of Alexandria and St. Augustine. Over the last 1,000 years, the Catholic Church has been saying it's noble to the poor. Okay, over the last 1,000 years, the Catholic Church has been saying it's noble to the poor. Like I just shared that video of what noble looks like, right? From brave from Braveheart when the king rounded up his nobles. Mm-hmm, that's the Catholic Church. The uh the what's it called? The uh crusades, right? Go do pillage, rape, kill, plunder, steal in the name of Jesus fucking Christ and come back and the Pope has already forgiven all your sins. All your debts. All your sins. All your debts. Over the last 1,000 years, the Catholic Church has been saying it's noble to the poor. But Jesus never said it was good to be poor. What he said was that rich people are greedy and corrupt. That's what Socrates was saying, as well as Aristotle and the Stoic Roman philosophers, the biblical prophets in Isaiah. Yeah, most likely had Buddhism influenced. (laughs) I don't know. Neither did Jesus say that it was good to be poor because it made you noble. (laughs) Definitions. They have taken dictionaries and cocked them. What Jesus did say is that if you have money, you should share it with other people. But that's not what evangelical Christianity is all about today, says Professor Hudson. American fundamentalist Christians say don't share a penny. King Jesus is going to make you rich. Don't tax millionaires. Jesus may help me win the lottery. Tax poor people whom the Lord has left behind. No doubt for their sins. There's nothing about the Jubilee you're here. As it turns out, Jesus was a socialist activist who fought for the reinstatement of the debt Jubilee. What would Jesus do? (laughs) My goodness. To understand how to fix today's economy, Hudson says that the Bible's answers were practical for their time. When you have a massive Build-up of debt that can't be paid. Either you wipe out the debt and start over like Germany did during the 1947 miracle when the Allies forgave all its debts except for minimum balances, or you let the creditors foreclose as Obama did in America after the 2008 crisis and 10 million American families lost their homes to foreclosure, he said. If you leave this wealth in place, then it's going to stifle society with with debt deflation. Today's world believes in the sanctity of debt. But from Sumer and Babylonia through the Bible, it was debt cancellations that were sacred. The economist recommends replacing income tax with land, monopoly, and natural resource tax banning absentee ownership and empowering the government to distribute land to the population. That sounds fucking amazing. Like a very good idea, don't you think? The uh, population gets, the own, gets to own the land? What? If you want to be like Jesus, then you become political and you realize that this is the same fight that has been going on for thousands of years across civilization the attempt of society to cope with the fact that debts grow faster than the ability to pay he says and forgive them their debts okay it's blah 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 it's on okay i just want to read this part once again because this <laughs> this part just fuck it <sighs> I thought it was too good. Too good. Okay, Jesus died for our debt. Professor Austin said that Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for his activism. The Pharisees, Hillel, the founder of rabb- rabbinical Judaism, and the creditors who backed them, decided that Jesus's growing popular- popularity was a threat to their authority and wealth. They said, we've got to get rid of this guy. And rewrite Judaism and make it about sex instead of a class war. (laughs) You cannot make this shit up, man. This is just fucking, this is gold, man. They said, we've got to get rid of this guy and rewrite Judaism and make it about sex instead of a class war. Peace, monkeys. Peace.